What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and returning from sunny Hawaii after a week away, you know her, you love her, Michelle Majuk. Michelle, I missed you. Hey, hey, I'm back. I'm ready to go. You know, by I was really ready for a week off of football, and I took the whole week, and it was fantastic. But by the time I was back on the plane coming home, I was itching. I was itching to get back into the football world and to dig in and fantasy and, you know, Steelers and the 49ers and all that good stuff. So I'm excited to be back. I'm ready. I'm recovered. All right. Well, tell us the highlight of the trip. Okay. So the first day that we were there, like we got in late Monday night. So we kind of just, you know, chillaxed around the pool. Didn't do anything crazy. We actually didn't even get to our hotel until 10 PM. That's a whole other story. Wow. But on Tuesday we rented these things. They're not mopeds because it's not like a bicycle. It's not like a motorcycle one, but they still call them mopeds, but it was like a little car. And Kate and I both sat in the car, had no roof. Obviously it's just this little tiny car that you drove around like a go-kart. And we drove that around the whole little island and down the beach area. And we found this amazing beach that was like very few people were there. And it was the most gorgeous thing ever. You could walk like 20 yards into the ocean and you're still just standing at like waist level. There's no waves and you could see all the way through the water. Absolutely gorgeous. Wow. That sounds pretty damn good. Not it was lie. amazing. I got very burnt that day, uh, but it was amazing. You don't look sunburned at all. Well, you don't my- look. My, I'm actually really tan in person. This camera does not do it. I don't, it's the lighting or something. I don't know. Cause I was already tan before I went to Hawaii. Cause I was laying out in Houston. I'm actually really tan in person, but I look very, very pale in this camera. Yeah. You look exactly the same. Like <laughs> if you told me the trip was canceled and you never went, I'd be like, yeah, I believe it. I think you lied about the whole thing. No, I got really burnt. I got really burnt there. Especially at my back. It's already all peeled. It's kind of gross, but I was already tan before I went. I promise you it's just the light. If you say so, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, it has been a week for Niners Nation. So I didn't do a show last Friday. I took the week off, actually. It was kind of nice. But I did an extra show on Monday this week. I talked to Chris Sims of NBC all about Trey Lance because he had Trey ranked 31 on his quarterback list. We're going to talk about that. I got to interview Cameron Britton yesterday. Uh, an actor who was in Mindhunter and Umbrella Academy, which I'm still geeking out about. He couldn't have been nicer to me. And I tell you this before the pod, and you're like, Mindhunter? Oh, I know Mindhunter. Apparently they filmed that show in your old building in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I used to live in downtown Pittsburgh in this like high-rise apartment building. And I had no idea they were going to film whatsoever. But I have a dog, and at that time, I would have to bring her downstairs every night, take her potty before bedtime. But I dress like a slob when I'm at home, especially right before bed. So I'm in my pajamas, oversized shirt, baggy sweatpants. And like my pajamas are not cute. There's nothing about them that are cute. They're not matching. But I don't really care because I'm not going to see anybody in my head. I might see some people in my apartment building. I don't really care. So I go out, and then the... uh, the elevator doors open at the bottom and all of a sudden I'm on set. Like all these (laughs) lights, massive lights all over. The entire place is so bright. All these actors and actresses. And then they just started looking at me because I have a pit bull and she's barking at them like crazy. And I'm in these sweatpants and I'm sure my face was red as could be. Uh, But 
uh, I got out of there as quickly as I could because I was quite embarrassed. Wait, did you go back up the elevator? Well, yeah, I had to. I know. I I mean, I went outside, but then I had to come back in and disturb them and go back up the elevator. So I don't think they really liked me very much. But it was cool to see a set. Yeah, as you described it to me, it was old timey. Which is yeah, hilarious. I mean, because out they changed the whole outside of our street too, like the whole street where the apartment building is on. It had like all old cars and just like they did different props outside, so they made it look really old timey. Which you said it's only from like the 1970s, but that's <laughs> oh, that's 50 years ago now. Like that's a long time ago. Yeah, like well, you're you're not wrong about that. So we're gonna get into uh, the Trey Lance stuff a little bit because I know you watched the Sims interview because I've sent it to you because I'm that vain, and uh, we're gonna talk about that. Javon Kinlaw and Grant Cohn is still a thing, so we can get into that. Uh, I know there was a PFF list of wide receiver rankings that you and I both took issues with for separate reasons. Yeah, and uh, so there's a lot to get into, but before we start all of that, I just want to remind everybody, please. Rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We love your reviews. We have gone over 200 reviews now. We are so grateful. We want to get to 250, so please, please, please keep those coming. That leads me to this from Davies1707. Four stars because there's always room for improvement. Hands down, the best thing is the 49ers in five. Fast, easy, and like-minded. Best thing about this podcast is that it keeps you leveled. I would like some fun weekly segments, maybe this time in history or Niners of the past, just to educate some newer fans. Origin of sourdough, fantasy picks, maybe some new weekly segments, overall solid podcast. We do fantasy picks, Michelle. I don't know what he's talking about. And I will say, I appreciate the review. It's a nice review. But we do fantasy picks every week during the season. But also, my biggest pet peeve is anything between a one and a five star. Like that two, three, and four. No, make a decision. Is it a good podcast? Is it a bad podcast? Give me a five or give me a one. I don't want a two, three, or four. Yeah, yeah I don't like four stars because there's always room for improvement. That's like the professor in college that doesn't give out any A's. It's like, no, don't don't be an ass. All right, the come four on. Four stars hurt. Like I like like I said, give me a five, give me a one. This is what I tell people on my bobble ass podcast. It's gonna shout that out real quick. If you like fantasy football, by the way, because that guy does. Come listen to the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me and my wife talking fantasy football. There you go. So we appreciate the reviews. Please keep them coming. If you already follow us, thank you. But if you haven't left a review, what are you doing? Come on, help us out. Show us a little love. Now we're going to get a bunch of four-star reviews. I know. That <laughs> Last time you said that, somebody left us a four-star review specifically because you uh, called that out. So, whoops. yeah. All right. Let's get into, let's start with the Trey Lance stuff since we talked about Chris Sims. Uh, he made news this week talking about his finger injury from last season, last preseason, really. And apparently it was a much bigger deal than we thought at the time because he stayed in the preseason game. He played right away week one. Kyle Shanahan threw him into the into the offense on the first possession of the year for the team. Um, but he couldn't straighten his index finger all the way. and He, he couldn't really throw the ball using his index finger. So then that started a whole rash of takes from 49ers fans. He's going to be awesome next year. Oh, it doesn't matter at all. What was your reaction to the Trey Lance finger revelation? I really didn't even think about it twice, right? Like, I don't think it's going to change much at all because what I saw on the field, I thought I saw some, some things that he did really good. Some things that he 
needs to improve on, but it was everything that I saw coming out of college, right? I didn't really see that different of a player from where he was at North Dakota state. And again, he played like 10 quarters. So you're not going to see this massive different player. So the finger, nothing to me. Like, I don't think they would put him out there if his finger was like broken. I know they did that with Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously where his <laughs> finger was like destroyed, but I think this is being overblown quite a bit. I think it has some effect for sure. Like fingers are important when throwing a football. I did text Chris afterwards mm -hmm. because this Lance finger stuff came out after we did the interview. And I was like, Hey, how big a deal is this? And his response was, it would be a pain in the ass for sure. So, I mean, it does have some effect, but yeah, I don't think that he's going to suddenly be incredibly more accurate than we saw last year. I think he'll throw more spirals, which is great. I think it'll look a little prettier, but he was different as a passer or better, at least if you go by completion percentage in the last start against the Texans, than he was in the second half against Seattle or against Arizona. So at least that's something positive. So I did want to bring that up, right? So I dug into maybe why he was better. So Houston only had four quarterback pressures the entire game on Trey Lance. Four, 16.7 quarterback pressure percent, which is insanely low. So where he did struggle was against the blitz. Uh, he was, he had a 51.3 passer rating, mm. um, negative 29 completion percentage over expectation against the blitz last year, only better than not. I'm sorry. Only his passer rating was better than Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon, and Mike white last year in those type of situations. And then you have guys like Jordan love and Sam Darnold right ahead of him. So it's a bad little group to be at the bottom of. He did struggle in those situations, which we saw in the Cardinals game. You know, they pressured him a ton. Uh, they blitzed him a ton and he struggled. And then the Houston game, they didn't do that because, you know, Houston, I don't even know if the Texans have a pass rusher. <laughs> like, who, <laughs> who's their top pass rusher? I don't know. And Trey Lance's time to throw in that game, in that Texans game, 3.46 average. Far too high. Like, not sustainable whatsoever so he had all damn day back there maybe he was running around you know but creating time but he like you're not going to have that time to throw and you're not going to not be pressured so he was fantastic not under pressure last year that's where he absolutely excelled which is a good thing i'll get to that but he had 120 passer rating last year on passes not under pressure which was only lower than aaron Rodgers in all of the nfl aaron Rodgers was the only guy that was better not under pressure 52 pass attempts, so obviously a very small sample size, but he averaged 9.9 .9 yards per attempt when he was not under pressure. That was the highest in the league. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo was second highest in the league uh, and highest among qualified quarterbacks, of course, because Lance doesn't qualify with mm -hmm. those little pass attempts. But the biggest difference in those situations is that Lance's air yards per attempt was 9.5 and Jimmy Garoppolo's was 6.8. That's almost That's three yards difference. So, and... PFF always says so that their stats, which all of these stats are from next gen, but PFF says their stats when not under pressure are far more sticky and accurate from year to year where they're just more consistent than when you're under pressure, because those can fluctuate, you know, there's different types of situations and those stats actually do, you know, they, they are a little bit less consistent from year to year. So it's a really good thing to see that when Lance had had time, he wasn't, he didn't have a defender in his face. He was making the right decisions, getting the ball to his guys. So I really like to see that.
The other thing that I saw yesterday that I really liked is the Niners had 16 20 plus air yard pass plays last year. So 16 plays where there was a reception of 20 or more yards last season. Garoppolo had 11 of them. Lance had five. But here's the thing. Garoppolo had 370 more pass attempts than Trey Lance. So what that tells you is Lance is pushing the ball down the field. And I think that that is going to be the biggest change in the 49ers offense next year is they're going to go for it. They're going to go for big chunk plays. And I cannot wait to see it because I think they need some sort of change. Shanahan and and McVay and their assistants are scattered all throughout the NFL. Now, there's a lot of people running that system. It's been around for a while. Defenses have started to catch up to it. Vic Fangio in particular has come up with something that that has really slowed it down. You need to evolve in some way. Otherwise, you're just you're not going to be as successful as you were. To me, this is how this system evolves with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I think there's no doubt about it. Like nothing I'm saying in this pot, because I'm going to bring up another area where he was weak in. This is not me saying that he shouldn't be the starter whatsoever. I think it needs to, it's Trey Lance time. His ceiling is way higher than Jimmy Garoppolo's. I'm not sure his floor is even that much lower. Uh, You got to make that move and you took him for this reason. So nothing I'm saying is saying he's going to be bad or he can't get better. He's so young, right? Like he can be great. And also, I wanted to say, if the Steelers could get Trey Lance right now, I would take him in a heartbeat. Like, uh-huh. I would like him, all right? But so one area of concern I had coming out of school, I talked about it on this podcast, is that at North Dakota State, he rarely, rarely had to throw a ball into a tight window. I mean, there was so much running that when he finally passed, his guys were just wide open. And he never really had to make hard decisions. And Chris Sims kind of hit on this a little bit, too, in his uh, interview with you and just speaking on that, but we saw that last year, right? We, we saw him struggle mightily in neutral to tight window situations. So what that means is he's targeting a guy that only has zero to three yards of target separation. He had 35 pass attempts in those situations and he had 35 pass attempts in open to wide open targets. So three more than three yards of separation when he's targeting his guy. Now in those neutral tight window situations, he had a 40 completion percentage zero touchdowns, two interceptions, and a 36 passer rating, which 36 passer rating in these situations is right at the bottom there with all of those terrible quarterbacks like Jake Fromm, Jordan Love, Mike Glennon, Mike White, PJ Walker, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor. The list goes on and on of bad names. Sam Darnold, Tim Boyle, blah, blah, blah. Like those are the group he's in. But when the guys are wide open, open to wide open, 74 completion percentage, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 148 passer rating. So we know, right, in Kyle Shanahan's system, he is going to get those easy looks, and he's going to do a good job at that. He already has. But in those situations where, especially when you get to the playoffs, like you're not just going to have guys wide open. This is what makes me nervous. When it's a harder game like that, you're playing a harder defense, you have to get those balls that – Your guy's not just sitting there wide open. He has struggled, and I didn't ever see him have to make those passes in college. So I just don't know. Like We don't have a sample size for that, right? We don't know if he's going to get better at that. We would expect he's going to grow. That's my biggest worry about him. I think that the – and you're kind of touching on what Sims touched on, if you just zoom out a little. What Chris is saying is 
I have a lot of questions and I've never seen evidence that shows me that he can answer these questions in a positive way. So I'm skeptical. And like you said, we haven't seen this at North Dakota State. We didn't see it in his year last year. So we don't know if he can do that. We don't do well with we don't know as sports fans, right? Like we have to know everything. We have to know if Trey Lance is going to be awesome right now. It's like, no, no, we can just say, hey, this is up in the air. The one thing that gives me a little bit of hope is that he'll hit those open guys. Like you said, how many times have we seen Jimmy Garoppolo? miss a wide open Jeff Wilson against the Jaguars. Like I tweeted out earlier this week where there's nobody within seven yards of him at the goal line and Jimmy misses him or the wide open Brandon. Ayuk against the Cowboys in the third quarter that could have really helped the Niners salt away that game or the wide open Kyle use against the Rams or against the Titans or any of the other times he has literally missed guys that are open by five, 10 yards. Trey's going to be able to hit those guys. And if that's the only area that he's better at than Jimmy Garoppolo, the Niners offense is going to be better. Yeah. And he should be able to hit those guys. Now a play that will not ever leave my head until I see him on the field next year. And he erases that memory is when Devo Samuel had a a whole half of a field all by himself. And that pass was just one of the worst passes I've ever seen an NFL quarterback throw. But it was caught and he scored. Yeah. Jimmy has missed guys that have been that open. Because he, he throws, you would rather him throw it way too short, I guess, in that situation than over his head where he has no chance. That one was bad. But I mean, his numbers show that when he, you know, his guys had separation, he was able to get that ball to them, no matter if it was super accurate or not. He put it in a place for his guys to catch and they caught it. So that's a good thing. It's going to be so much fun, I think, to watch the offense next year. I have already put my bet down. I have my Trey Lance for MVP bet in. It's sitting there. I know everybody thinks I'm crazy. That's fine. Like, why not? The bet cost me like 15 bucks. You know what? Like, throw it in there. If he goes on some sort of crazy run, that's going to be awesome. Like, if if you can't get excited about this, then what is the point? Do you think he's going to beat out you know, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert for that MVP race. And obviously you got to beat out Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, the guys that are always in that question. Uh, It's going to be a hard beat, but his odds are very nice. I wouldn't put my money down on it because I do think this will be a, I, I, I've said it before and I absolutely love Jalen Hurts. I think it'll be a Jalen Hurts type season for him. I think that's his floor, right? But I don't know how much higher He's going to outproduce that in year one. But I think that's a good season. That's all you really need out of him because you have such a good surrounding cast. I mean, Jalen Hurts brought the Eagles to the playoffs last year. And he struggled. And a lot of a lot of the same areas I'm bringing up, he struggled. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to be much better going into his third year. I can see me next year after seeing Trey Lance this season. He's going to have his struggles, but he's going to have his highs. And I'm going to be pumped about him in year three. Like, I think he's going to be a superstar sooner or later. But next year, I don't I don't think we're going to see like a Patrick Mahomes type of first season out of him because you don't see those. You got Justin Herbert, you got Patrick Mahomes lately. So everyone's like, ooh, but you could very easily get the Trevor Lawrence's or the Zach Wilson's first years as well. Like, let's let's take a deep breath. One area I think that he can instantly the 49ers need to be working on him nonstop this off season, which is going to come with practice. He got like no reps last year because he wasn't the starter. So I, I think this will come his average time to throw 3.23. It's not reality. That cannot happen. It's not, it, he was never under three in any game. Those three games that he 
actually played in. He was never under three seconds, 3.23. That's the highest in the NFL last year. He, he, he has to get that to three or under. I think Josh Allen and Lamar are on the higher side and they were both in the two nines. I think that's plenty fine because he is like that type of player that's going to be scrambling around and creating those throws, but it, it can't stay at three, two, three, or even close to that. You got to get it done. I agree. But I also think that makes sense to me, right? Kid coming from North Dakota state, 21 years old, coming off a year where they only played one game. Then he gets into the NFL. He is not, sure of like what NFL open is right. Like he, there was a play against the Texans. They were backed up near the goal line. It's all slants. Everybody's running a slant and Trey snaps the ball and literally everybody's open. Every slant is open, but Trey doesn't throw it. Now he eventually scrambled and found Ayuk for a first down on the play. But just like, I think it's natural that he like, doesn't know kind of open when he sees it in the NFL. I think some of that is, him just not trusting what's out there. And I think that I say this with almost every problem with him. He just needs more reps. The more he yeah. sees it, that will improve. Now it's not going to, I don't think we'll get to a point where he's, you know, leading the league in that category, but well, I you think don't that, want him to, that was Ben Roth's first. like, right. you want to be in the middle. And I, like I said, two nine is completely fine. Even getting to like close to the three, that will, that's doable. You don't want to be the fastest. Cause then you get Ben Roethlisberger who never throws it more than five feet away. Cause mm-hmm. you don't have time. And you just, He's so scared of getting touched that it's just out of his hands. <laughs> you don't want that. Like, I'm not saying he has to be one of the fastest. You could be one of the slowest. And like, you just can't be that far out. And I, I do think this is an easy fix. I think this is an easy fix with reps. And just with that, he's going to get better. Because his attempts with uh, coming out of his hands before three seconds were actually really good. The, those numbers were looking much better than the ones where he held on to the ball. that's an easy fix, something that's going to get better with reps and he should get every rep this off season. Like Jimmy Garoppolo should be traded or he's already injured anyway. So you wouldn't think he's getting any reps in the summer, even if he's with the 49ers, but every single important rep needs to be Trey Lance's. He cannot get enough of them. And I think that you have seen a shift in just about everybody. I mean, Kyle said he literally expects Jimmy Garoppolo to get traded Trey's taking all the reps now, obviously, because he's QB one. Kittle has talked about how excited he is to, to catch passes from Trey. Like everybody seems to have turned the page there, which is finally nice to see some sort of like public embracing of him. Uh, and we'll see how it goes next year. I mean, training camp, people are going to be locked into every single throw. There are 49ers beat writers that literally keep the statistics from the practices which I think is a little crazy, but like we are going to be hyper-focused on that all through training camp. Guess who will maybe get to see Trey Lance if he actually plays in it. The 49ers play in Houston in the preseason. It's week three though, but that's still like two weeks away from the week one. I'm hoping they give Trey Lance all of those. Like, you have to, right? Yeah. Like he needs the reps. Uh, but if he plays week one and week two and he does good, they probably will sit on week three. I would rather they sit on week one more so that he can play in two and three. I really want to, you know, I'm going to go to the game no matter what, if Trey Lance is playing or not, just because the 49ers are here and that's just fun. And I could see, you know, 
the the backups to see like who might make the team or who really looked good in this game. I'm excited for it. And I, I was just pumped when I saw that they were coming for the preseason. There you go. Love that. You're like, you're going to be my eyes then for that week three preseason game. That's pretty good. I can see Danny Gray and how he's doing. Drake Jackson, like these guys should be on the field. I, I know it's the last one, but there's not four anymore, right? There's only three. You need yep. those reps. That week off between the end of the preseason and the start of the regular season, that is a hard week to get through. Yeah. That week feels like two weeks. Well, because it is. It's two well, weeks. Well, I get, yeah, but like, <laughs> it, yeah, okay. That was yeah. not the best way to put that thought. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's like dog years. There we go. It's a real long time. Especially because we have so much to like at work each week before the games, we have so much to do, but like our week one stuff is like really done because we had the whole summer, like to like right. work on that. And then we also have two weeks in between those free seasons. So I'm like, okay, I really just need, I need the season to start. And we're all chomping at the bit. Everybody's fantasy team is drafted. Do you know who Chris Sims had ranked higher than Trey Lance in his rankings? <sighs> Mitchell Trubisky. Your favorite guy to hate on. Which, I mean, I need to hear the justification. Like, how do you how do you have him back on the countdown after he didn't play last year? That seems a little weird. But the well, other thing... you got to rank that, every starter, right? I mean, he ranks up to, like, 40 guys. He does 40. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that people forget, though, is that Trey Lance was 38 last year. So he played 10 quarters, and Chris bumped him up, you know, seven spots. So that's, that's good. That's actually, like, people yeah. think he's a Trey Lance hater, but he saw improvement. I will. I do have questions on his rankings. Now he knows football much more than I do. He's a NFL quarterback from the past. Like he knows, he knows what he's talking about. And he knows how to, he knows what to look for more than I do. Uh, but having Daniel Jones ahead of like Jalen hurts and Trey Lance doesn't make any sense to me. And like, like I said, as a Steelers fan, I would love Trey Lance right now. And I'm picking Trey Lance over Daniel Jones a hundred times over a hundred times. Oh, yeah. And I still think I would, I love Jalen Hurts to death, but I still think Trey Lance's ceiling is higher. So I would take Trey Lance over Jalen Hurts as well. It hurts to say, oh man, I just love Jalen Hurts. So that's, that's a hard one. That's a hard one to swallow. But I don't get having Daniel Jones over either of those, uh, over anybody really besides Sam Darnold. That's the only one I can, I can picture. I will never get the image of Daniel Jones running free down the field. Nobody within 20 <laughs> yards of him. And he oh. just falls down. Yeah, He falls down. Now I know like they scored a touchdown on that at drive, but like you're supposed to be among the elite of the elite athletes. And you just flat out trip. The thing is he is. So he's like actually one of the more athletic quarterbacks in the league. That's how he made it. Like that's how he got that far down the field. Cause he's actually really fast and mobile. I don't know how he tripped, but that's like such a Daniel Jones thing to do. Like poor guy is having this great play. And he's like, yeah, finally. And then, right. and then he trips and it's like, Oh Lordy, poor Daniel Jones. I actually like, I can see bits of like, I don't even want to say this. Like I could see tiny, tiny bits of Josh Allen in him, but I just don't think he's ever going to put it together. Like Josh Allen ever did. And well, I love Josh Allen far more when he broke out than, Daniel Jones. That's always the thing. If they couldn't, if they were not capable of showing flashes of that potential, they never would be in the NFL. That's of course how they got here. The difference is you need to eventually start doing it consistently and not just showing flashes. And Daniel if Jones Brian Dable actually makes Daniel Jones a good quarterback. He is going to be known as the best quarterback whisperer of all time and get paid like a 10 year contract. It's going to be insane because if he 
it is going to be like, wow, look at what he did with Josh Allen. And wow, like if he can change Daniel Jones, this is insane. But I don't think it's going to happen. If the Giants thought that was even remotely possible, they would have picked up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. They did not. So I wouldn't hold your breath. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into the Grant Cohn, Javon Kinlaw thing. We'll get into the PFF wide receiver list. And there's one other gripe I have with the 49ers coaches minor thing, but I have to mention it when we come back. Welcome back to the Gold Diggers podcast. All right, Michelle, the drama of the week in 49ers land was not about Trey Lance for once. It was about Javon Kinlaw and Grant Cohn getting into it. Cohn has said, in his own words, hundreds of bad things about Javon Kinlaw. Kinlaw confronted him. They went chest to chest. He knocked the hat off Grant Cohn's head. Then they had a meeting about it. Cohn said that they squashed it. Kinlaw immediately went to social media and said that nothing is squashed. The whole thing is bizarre, and honestly, it makes me want to get back to the arguing about quarterbacks discussion. I mean, the whole thing was just really stupid. Watching the video was so cringy. Uh, I thought Kim Law looked really, really bad in the video. Like, if you don't know anything about Grant Cohn, like, then Kim Law comes off really just gross in the video. Like, there's nothing enjoyable about watching that. He didn't, like, say anything, really. I understand why he's mad. Don't get me wrong. I understand, like, this dude said stuff about you and it's your career and it's your livelihood and you've had a tough rising and you know, you have a lot to lose because you you've been there before and you know what it could be like. I get it. But Kinlaw could have definitely come off better or just said anything too. Like he didn't use his words, use your words. And then he had his whole mouthful with whatever it was. It was just gross. <laughs> that, was, like, that was a weird You part just of didn't video. look like a professional adult. Like he just wasn't an adult whatsoever. That's my worry with him. And I said, I'm going to go at both sides. So don't come at me, Twitter, right now. Um, my thing with him is that now you showed you could get rattled really easily and you're not going to ever come. To, like, he never came down from his anger and, like, just being a rational person, he never came down from it. He just kept repeating the same thing over and over. Like, he was so flustered and he just was so mad. And I think opponents are going to be like, oh, we could get in this dude's head. Like these offensive alignment are going to get in his head hard. And he, there's some guys who produce better that way. But most of the time, if you can get in a player's head, they actually struggle, right? Because they're so focused on that. Uh, and he's already hasn't really shown a whole lot. Uh, so I, I think Grant's uh, not how he does it or how he says it. I think some things that he has said about him is fair, Right. And it's hard for Kinlaw because he's in a situation where they traded away Buckner and then they traded back where they could have gotten Tristan Wirfs, even though we don't even know if they would have taken him in anyways. And then they take Kinlaw and it's kind of like a one for one deal for Buckner. I know you say money, but, and then he ends up getting hurt and not being on the field all that much. And when he is, he's not doing a whole lot. And the same thing, you know, Grant is a cone. I don't even know. I don't even pay attention to this guy. He's, he's a little shister, right? Like he, he knows what he's totally. doing. He's not professional either. And I, in the video, I thought he was completely fine in the interview. I thought he handled it fine. It was afterwards with all the things I'm like, Oh, I could have retired, like retired. Like, and then you're just being, you're being a little stupid jerk too. They're both being children and they're both in each other's heads hard. Like they're both letting each other's eat each other's energy far too much. Um, I think this whole thing is just really, really stupid. It's my entire, <laughs> it, 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 that's it. It's stupid. 
Yeah, I agree. There's, I've said it to Grant, and I've said it about Grant, that the, he says a lot of stuff that I would not say and I don't agree with, and I don't think the job should be done that way. Um, and I Like, think you both- keep it... Like, when I talk bad about a player, besides Sam Darnold, I guess. Sam Darnold could come at me like Kim Law does. <laughs> but <laughs> besides that, like, I like to keep it to stats, right? Like, what were they struggling in? How can they get better? Like, you don't have to come at someone personally. You know, it's never really cool to come at injuries. Like, I get it. You're annoyed that they're not on the field. But some guy, like, they're not, they don't want to be hurt, right? Like, they want to be out there. They don't want their career to be ruined. They want to be healthy. And it is his livelihood. I like to remember that about these guys. Yeah, it's fun to talk about them. But this is their life. And if they don't make it in the NFL, like, that's a big wrench in their plans and that stinks for them. So I was going back and forth with Joukowsky Tart, your favorite player ever on Twitter about this. And he said, most athletes embrace criticism. It's not the criticism. It's more about negative critiques to push an agenda. Media and social media is powerful, heavily influences perception on your name, regardless if it's true or not. So then nobody would have even known you if you didn't drop (laughs) a clear interception. So I asked him though, like I said, I criticize players on my shows. How do you separate criticism from the negative critiques to push an agenda? Like he said, and basically Tart's response was players have one or two bad plays every game. No one plays a perfect game, but to consistently highlight those one or two bad plays and ignore the good plays says a lot, especially a lot of times if you don't even know the scheme or what a player's particular job was. I think that's fair from Tart. It's fair, but also it depends on how bad those bad plays are, right? Yeah, you can have one to two bad plays a game. Every player is going to do it. You're not going mm-hmm. to be on all the time, but how bad are they and how bad are they hurting your team? And then 100%. also how good are your good plays to make up for those bad plays, right? Like, obviously bringing up TJ Watt's silly because he's one defensive player of the year, but even he has some plays where you're like, ah, you should have maybe got there or did something differently or missed a tackle in the running game, but he makes up for it a gazillion times a game. So Mm -hmm. it's different. You're going to have some bad plays, but how much do you make up for it and how bad are they? Uh, And listen, I guess I, I I need to take my own words because I have been a little mean to Jaquiski Tart this, this off season. And this is his livelihood. And if he doesn't land somewhere that sucks for him. And I hope he can land somewhere and get, gets his money. Uh, but I do, I think the stats back it up as well, that he is one of the worst safeties that started last year in the NFL. You didn't, but you've never criticized Joukowsky Tart as a person, as a no. man, you've never no. criticized his work ethic or his, and, and like he said, most athletes, are are not bothered if you criticize them on the field professionally. All they do is hear criticism all week long from coaches. Their every mistake is shown on film in front of their everyone that plays their position on the team. Like they are used to that. It's how you criticize them, I think, is what a lot of the players take issue with. Uh, so hopefully this whole thing is behind. If, if the 49ers want Hart back, they could get him back for like one million dollars, a one million dollar deal. They, they said really that can. they haven't even been talking to him. So yeah, and it's not... not like they have any other options on the roster. Like they're going <laughs> with guys that have barely even played the safety position, have very little experience. So, like, uh, I don't know. Someone tried to say, I don't remember who I was. I think it was that guy that actually works for uh, 49ers Nation. Who is it? Rich Madrid. Yeah, no, watch the tape. Apparently, I close my eyes during games. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
he said, well, uh, clownies, Jadavian clownies not signed yet. So he's just like tart. Like, like, do you think clownies not worth a roster spot or a starting spot either? And it's like, Clowney just got signed to an $11 million deal. This is what he does. He holds out and waits and he got other deals, but he wanted to go back to the Browns. It's not the same thing. Tart, nobody's talking to. He has zero visits, nothing. And the 49ers could bring him back right now for literally vet minimum. And they're not doing it. It is weird that like nobody wants him at all. Like even if you don't want him to be a starter, like. He can be a backup somewhere. He should be on a roster. I don't think he's that bad. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Let's get to this wide receiver list from Pro Football Focus. They ranked uh, the top wide receivers in the league. They put them into tiers. Uh, Debo Samuel was just out of the top tier. He was in tier two at number nine in the league. That's fine. Um But my bigger issue with the list is Brandon Ayuk is not on the list at all. And I think that that's wrong. They have Daryl Mooney is on the list. Uh, They've got guys like Cortland Sutton. Hunter Renfro is on the list. I'm sorry. I don't think that those guys are as good as Brandon Ayuk. Uh, And I think you're disrespecting both Niners receivers a little bit, frankly. Yeah, I would definitely take Brandon Ayuk over Darnell Mooney over Cortland Sutton, over Tyler Boyd, over Hunter Renfro, um, probably over Amari Cooper. Um, wow. Over Julio Jones right now. I mean, yeah, come on. Over Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's great, but he's 32 years old. I don't know if they're taking an age in this thing, but 32 years old, he's been struggling to stay on the field. Odell was good at in the playoffs, but he hasn't been really fantastic for a long time now. I don't know. I, I would definitely put Brandon Ayuk on this list. They left off my boy, Deontay Johnson. Who That's crazy too. Fifth in the league in receptions last year. Not even top 32 wide receiver. Like I, I, I get that they were shorter, but it's not his fault that Ben Roethlisberger can't throw anything. <laughs> right. Like, And he doesn't even look to do it in the offense. Then he's one of the best separators in the league and he's great after the catch. So Deontay Johnson not in this list is just so disrespectful. DeAndre Hopkins is still a little high for me. Like since leaving Deshaun Watson, he's put up touchdowns, but hasn't been the same type of guy. Yeah, I'm down on DeAndre Hopkins, especially like he got popped for PEDs. Allen Robinson still 17 when he didn't even try while he was on the field is weird to me. (laughs) And he's never been a good separator. Um, I've never I like Allen Robinson at 17 is far too high, too. I do love that they have T Higgins high. That's great. I think T Higgins is one of the best wide receivers in the league. But this list is interesting. That's for sure. Brandon Ayuk and Deontay Johnson, biggest snubs. And I think they have Mike Evans a little too low. Mike Evans at eight. All Mike Evans has done in his NFL career is produce. Yeah, I love Mike Evans. He has a thousand yards every season. And and he hasn't had Tom Brady every season. The dude is flat out good. He doesn't talk a lot. You know, he's not like known for celebrations. He's not super flashy, but the guy is friggin' unstoppable. I'm a, I'm a big Mike Evans fan. I'd love to see Brandon Ayuk uh, break into this list next year. I continue to say that nobody has been held back in this offense more than Brandon Ayuk. So hopefully he has the breakout year this year that we all thought he was going to have last year. Last thing I want to get to, and this is my kind of beef with the 49ers. Uh, 
some of their offensive line was out and at OTAs, it was Aaron Banks at one guard spot and it was Jalen Moore at the other guard spot. <laughs> Everybody's talking up Aaron Banks, which is fine. That's great. But the line that the 49ers have fed you is, well, he was good enough to start last year, but we didn't want to mess with the juju because the team was winning. That is such an absurd statement, right? Like if Patrick Mahomes suddenly became available, would the 49ers not have acquired him because they didn't want to mess with the juju and they were winning? No, if you can improve at a spot, you improve. So I'm not buying that Aaron Banks actually could have started last year, but they chose to keep a worse player on the field just because the team was winning. But also they weren't winning for a long time. I mean, you went the whole half of the season thinking like, oh man, this team, like they're not going to, they're not going to make it. They're not going to look after what was it? That Rams game. We were like, oh yeah, they're done this team. Like, and then all of a sudden they broke out after that. But so was he not ready for the first half? And then he that's was the what they're telling you. Half. They're telling you he wasn't ready when the team was losing and his readiness just happened to perfectly correspond yeah. with the team going on the winning streak. Listen, it was a second round pick. I don't really know much about Aaron Banks from college. I don't do a ton of offensive line work. I'm not going to lie. So he could be good. Who knows? It's just, he's a massive question mark. You don't know anything about him and you don't know what he's going to be like on the field and offensive linemen in their rookie season struggle mightily. And this is basically his rookie season. Yes. Don't come at me. There are outliers. There are the worst. There's the Slaters. There's the Creed Humphreys of the world. Yes, I get it. But most of them, majority of them struggle their first year. It takes reps. So that scares me. And now if Alex Mack isn't coming back, who in the world's going to be your center? Uh, an undrafted free agent? Like I know. Jake Brendel. He's and been then, on the team, but yeah. And then you have Daniel Brunskill, who wasn't good last year whatsoever. And now you're that's your three and the inside. Um no, I mean, no. And like, <laughs> I just, major questions. I just said Trey Lance struggled when he was under pressure, struggled against the blitz mightily. And if they're able to get pressure up that middle there and he's going to have to leave the pocket all the time, that's not where Trey Lance succeeded last year. Anyways, uh, no, you can't go into the season <laughs> with that. Well, and this is like my whole frustration with the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, because I have said I think they should have gotten Garoppolo off the roster so they could use some of that money to re-sign Lakin Tomlinson, who yeah. was a very, very good, very consistent player for this team. Because then if you have to plug Banks in on the right side, all he's got to do is be better than Daniel Brunskill. That's a yeah. lot lower bar than him having to be better than Lakin Tomlinson, who's who's very, very solid as a starter. So it, it imagine all if you had thanks JC Treader and Tomlinson. Now you go in with that offensive line, like, all right, all right. Obviously, Banks is a question mark, but he has pieces around him to help him when he struggles. If he's sitting next to a, a newly new center that also is very fresh and has no idea really what he's doing in the NFL yet, and a brand new guy, that's that's not gonna be great. You don't you you don't like that. That's not an ideal plan for success we'll see how it shakes out technically alex mack could come back i don't think that's happening john lynch and kyle but why Shanahan. not just announce it now at this point you're just hurting the team it's weird to me you know if you're it's june almost like we're getting into june you know if you're playing or not Say right and it's not like he's you know patrick willis or frank gore somebody who you'd want 
to have an official like press conference announcement that you're retiring with somebody with a long history with the Ford. It's Alex Mack. He wasn't even yeah. on the team last year. Like would, just tell people you're retiring Alex Mack. It's, it's a weird thing, but uh, yeah, I just don't buy the line from the Niners that Banks was good enough to start last year, but they chose to keep him off the field just because the team was winning. That's a, that's a load of crap. And that would have been a perfect time to get him some reps. Right. Well, he had other pieces around him and they're a winning team. And I don't know. I think that's silly. I'm not saying that he can't be good this year. He can be. He can be. It's just we have no idea. And when you're good, it's not that's not the only question on your line. No, you have three massive openings. Uh, it's it's could be bad. It could be bad. Asking- is there updates on Mike McGlinchey? Uh, they expect him to be ready for training camp. That was the latest update, uh, which is fine. That's, you know. Yeah, it's a serious fun. injury, but make sure he gets back. That will be good. Kinlaw is expected back for training camp as well. We'll see. But that's where things stand right now. Michelle, it was so good to have you back. No more vacations now. I decided. That's it. I'm not taking them. Uh, I'll be here the rest of the time. We got a long summer ahead of us. Uh, I can't believe there's still June, July, August. Three, three months plus before the season starts. When I told my son that he's going to be back in school again before the 49ers play a regular season game, he was devastated. Like it broke him. When he realized that he has to go through his entire summer vacation before he could see the 49ers play again, he was like, really? Yes. Yes, Thomas. I'm sorry. That's very sad. That's cute, though. I love how much he loves football already. It's absurd. It is absurd. And now he's getting into Madden. He just did a Madden season with the 49ers where he went undefeated, won the Super Bowl. He benched Jimmy Garoppolo. He put Trey Lance in there. He won the MVP with Trey Lance. He's all (laughs) full steam ahead. Oh, I love that. I used to play Madden when I was younger on the easy mode, and I would score like 90 touchdowns a game. And I just thought I was so good at it. (laughs) And then, yeah, I, I realized later on, like, oh, probably anybody can do this on easy mode. But it's really fun when you're young just to like destroy teams with your favorite players. You don't play anymore? Uh, I have in like the last few years I have played, but I feel like every time I go to play it, it's like, eh, it's not as fun as it once was. But like live mode is still fun, but I do normally get my butt kicked. Mm-hmm. I'm not you- bad at it, but I haven't learned how to play defense. That's my issue. I'm not bad on offense. Defense, I just don't know how to play whatsoever. Yeah, it's definitely harder, especially when you're playing against another person. Uh, do you play any other games? Um, Crash Bandicoot. Nice. Yes, that's that's pretty much the only one right now. But that's really addicting. Yeah, I love you? Oh my god, I play every possible game. I have a GameFly subscription, so I'm constantly getting games mailed to the house. I will, I will play like anything. If you give me like a sword and a shield, I'll play the game. Like that's fine. I'm in. Whatever your story is, monsters. Do you have the Oculus? No. That is like that's the thing you put on your head like the yeah. virtual reality thing. You would be obsessed with that. I so I was at the Super Bowl with Florio one year and we had somebody came by the set and they brought it and they let me put it on. It is amazing. We have one. We haven't used it in quite a while, but oh we got it during COVID because we, I, there was one Friday I was losing my damn mind because I was so bored. And we drove like an hour away to find the only Oculus left in stock at any store. And we got it. And I played it nonstop during COVID. But now that we can go back outside and stuff, I haven't <laughs> used it as much, but it is an awesome little device. It's really fun. 
I will never forget putting that thing on and the demo was like a boxing match. And all of a sudden I start, you know, like you can turn your head and it's literally like you're in the ring. And then the the dude that's in the game starts throwing punches at me. I start like diving out of the way. And it wasn't even like a conscious thing. I thought I was going to get punched in the face. So I moved. I've hurt my hand. I hurt my hand before hitting a wall because I play this (laughs) game. It's like a super, super. I don't know what it is. I can't remember the name anymore, but uh, you have to like kill these people every time with like you have like different uh weapons and you have to like they're coming at you and you have to beat them but it gets really intense at times where you have to like duck them and everything and i like don't i like i did what you did i like dove and i hit my hand into the wall and i fell on the ground i'm like okay i got way too serious you like forget you forget yeah. where you are and they have like ledges in the game and it feels like you're gonna fall off the ledge and i have to always remind myself this is not real this is not real you're okay that's crazy uh you know what though like that's being able to lose yourself in something like that for a little while, I think is totally fine. I think could be incredibly helpful. So yeah, this just in video games. It's good. called super hot, by the way, if anybody wants to play it, it's a great game. Super hot. All right, cool. Uh, if you want to tell us your favorite game, something you think we should play, please, please leave it in your review. Give us a five-star rating, leave it in your review. I'm always open to suggestions. Uh, my DMS are also open. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at stats on fire. Michelle is on Twitter at ball blast I'm sure you, uh, get plenty of mentions. Well, now my whole timeline is 49ers stuff. And I will say, I I DM'd you this the other day. I feel like I married into the craziest family of all time uh, because you're, you guys are wild. I mean, there is something new <laughs> every damn day yes. that you guys are fighting about amongst each other. It's like I married into this family who cares so much about each other, but uh, you bicker a lot and argue about the craziest things and you're wild. You're wild. You're it's wild absurd family. that like your team has hired a new general manager And like, it's been like the calmest, most chill thing. The 49ers can't even like have their media not get in fights with players. Like it's, it's crazy how quiet the Steelers offseason has been after a hall of fame quarterback retires. And it's just been like crickets. Whereas 49ers Twitter is just like constant explosions everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we've had, we've had our crazy off seasons with the Antonio Brown stuff. That was, that was a bad off season. Uh, ben said his issues. So it feels kind of nice right now to just be chill. But I will say I may be bored if I didn't have the Niners drama. You know, there maybe you go, I do see? like the drama. It, it keeps me entertained. See, you're in the family, but like you also can leave it at home. Like you're because you're not a 49ers fan. So it's like you get the entertainment of the drama without like the personal stress of it. So that's kind of like the best of both worlds. Yeah, but uh, if you would have saw me watching the playoff games for the 49ers, you would have never known I wasn't a lifetime 49ers fan. So I, I do think it's going to get worse and worse each season yes. with my love because I was so intense during those <laughs> those playoff games. And like, I couldn't even believe my reactions. Like I was shocked by how much I cared. Uh, so I think it's only going to get worse from here. Welcome. That's all I'll say. Plenty of room for you on the bandwagon. We love having you. Uh, That's it for us. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Again, rate, review, follow. If you didn't watch uh, the interview with Chris Sims, that's on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Also, go check out the interview I did with Cameron Britton. Really cool. Ton of good stuff in there about filming Mindhunter and how he decided to play a serial killer and what it's like doing a movie with Tom Hanks because he just worked with Tom Hanks. So please, please go check that out. Michelle, have a great weekend. Good to have you back. Good to be back. Bye, y'all. 